Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams says heartbeats at six weeks gestation aren't real. They are apparently a conspiracy theory made up by men who want to manipulate women into keeping their babies. California's Gavin Newsom is using the Bible to coax people back to his state to abort their babies. And an 83-year-old pro-lifer was shot by a pro-abortion man because of her views. All of that, thankfully, punctuated with some good old gospel truth coming up. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash Allie. That's GoodRanchers.com slash Allie. All right, guys, hope everyone is having a wonderful week. I wanted to add one story to the stories that we talked about yesterday. Remember, we talked about the terrifying sandwich that conservative Americans are in. We've got the DOJ, the Justice Department at the top that is run by progressive ideologues. And then we've got all the Biden voters, the left wing activists at the bottom. Both are willing to inflict violence and terror on half of the country, which is in the middle. And we talked about the example of the pro-life activist who allegedly pushed uh, a man to the ground outside of an abortion clinic because this man apparently got in the pro-life activist's son's face yelling obscenities. And so finally, Mark Hawk is his name. The pro-life activist uh, pushed him back. And remember, the man tried to sue him um, in uh, in district court outside Philadelphia, and the court threw the case out. Of course, that is like a misdemeanor at most. Well, now the DOJ picked up the case, showed up outside of Mark Hawk's home with his seven children there, pointed guns at him and arrested him. And now he is facing 11 uh, years in prison. And then we also talked about how the bottom half of the sandwich, that example, was Kaylor Ellingson, a North Dakota 18-year-old who was murdered by a man named Shannon Branch, who believed that this teen was a quote-unquote Republican extremist, whatever the heck that even means, and as if that would justify running over a kid with your car after you after the kid calls his mom begging for help and by the way like you don't see that name except among conservative twitter you don't see that trending on twitter like you don't see people saying say his name you don't see people putting Kaylor Ellington on their jerseys or on their helmets right isn't isn't that interesting um And so we talked about that terrifying sandwich that half the country is in, that if you defend yourself against the bottom half of that sandwich, the ones who are terrorizing and attacking conservatives, then the top of the sandwich, the DOJ, is going to come after you. And so you're put in a very tough place. You are put between a rock and a hard place if you are simply the average American and you are maligned by the president of the United States as a radical extremist, as a threat to democracy. And so, of course, this is just the inevitable conclusion. This is the logical next step to that. And there is another example, unfortunately, of um, of that inevitable conclusion coming to fruition. There was an 83-year-old pro-life woman um, who was shot by a pro-abortion man in Michigan 
Uh, just the other day, this is according to Fox News, an elderly pro-life volunteer in Michigan was shot in the shoulder while canvassing a neighborhood to discuss an abortion ballot proposal according to the right to life of Michigan. She was shot in the back slash shoulder while leaving a residence during a heated conversation. And the, the man who shot her apparently wasn't even part of the conversation. The woman was canvassing a neighborhood in Lake Odessa to discuss the state's vote on Proposal 3, which would, Fox News uses this language, which is interesting, protect abortion access in the state. The state will vote on the proposal on November 8th. And so this person was simply doing what you're supposed to do in what's it called a democracy that the left says that they like so much. She is simply informing her community at 83 years old. You know, at 83 years old, it'd be a lot easier to just check out, just to sit at home, to not care about unborn lives, to not care about what goes on in your community or state. Yet she was taking the time to inform her fellow citizens, her neighbors, of this vote that they're about to have. Apparently, she got into some kind of heated exchange and a rando decided to shoot her in the back. Shoot her in the back because she believes that it is right to protect unborn lives. Now, you might think that that's just random. You might think that that is just some nut out there. But again, I would argue that is simply the logical uh, consequence of the rhetoric that the Biden administration, that the DOJ, that the media, and that the abortion activists have put forth. Like, this is what happens when you say that people who simply care about protecting the lives of children inside the womb are terrorists, are evil, are wicked, want to enslave women, or somehow uh, white supremacists because of this, that we're radical extremists. But it's also not very surprising that people who believe that it's okay to poison, starve, dismember babies inside the womb also happen to think that it's okay to murder people outside of the womb because you disagree with them. Now, I'm not saying that everyone who calls themselves pro-choice or who is pro-abortion would explicitly say that they think it's okay to shoot someone, to try to kill someone that they politically disagree with. But I will say that this is, again, a logical conclusion, not just to the rhetoric, the extreme, hateful, fear-mongering, hate-mongering rhetoric that we have been hearing from the pro-abortion side, but it's also the logical conclusion to the pro-choice, pro-abortion idea. Of course, if you dehumanize a human being simply because of their size, simply because of their age, simply because of their stage of development, simply because of their ability, simply because of their location, then of course that is going to lead to the dehumanization of people outside of the womb. Why wouldn't it? What is so magical about the birth canal that suddenly value and rights are ascribed to a human being? That is superstitious nonsense. And it's superstitious nonsense that is always going to lead to violence of other kinds. And that, of course, is what we saw against this 83-year-old. Now, praise God, this 83-year-old is alive. What's going to happen to this guy who shot him? Well, we know what happened to Shannon Brandt, at least so far. The guy who murdered the 18-year-old alleged Republican, he is 
out on the streets. He's walking free. He posted a $50,000 bond. He's not on house arrest. He doesn't have a curfew. He is literally walking free right now in North Dakota after murdering a kid because of an alleged political disagreement. What's happened to Jane's revenge? All of those people who claimed who, who claimed credit for the terrorism against pregnancy centers over the past few months, pregnancy centers that are doing the very thing that the pro-abortion side says that they want, giving women a choice. But again, that's not surprising when you've got politicians on the Democratic side, like Elizabeth Warren and others, saying that we need to go after these pregnancy centers because they're lying to women. They're manipulating women. No, it's not the pregnancy centers that are lying or manipulating. As usual, as usual, this is projection. As usual, the exact opposite is true. It's Planned Parenthood. Talk to anyone who used to work in a Planned Parenthood and now doesn't. I've had two former Planned Parenthood workers on this podcast, Monica Klein, Abby Johnson, and they will tell you that manipulation and deceit is a part of the process, is a part of the sales pitch at Planned Parenthood. It's Planned Parenthood who tells young girls, you can't do this. There are no options for you. There are no real choices for you. You need to finish school. You need to pursue your career. That guy that you just had a baby with, he's not a great guy. And look, you're only 12 weeks long. This is not really a baby anyway. This is just a clump of cells. It's not going to hurt the baby. It's not going to hurt you. You'll just be able to move on with your life. You're not going to be depressed. You're not going to be anxious. You're not going to have nightmares over this. You're not going to live with this for the rest of your life. You're not going to feel guilty. You're going to feel great. You'll be out of here the next day. There are no real side effects. Don't worry about it. It's basically like uh, getting a tooth pulled. No big deal. That's all a lie. That's a lie. And they have to lie in order to convince women to kill their child because it is the most unnatural thing in the world. That is why the pro-abortion side uses euphemisms. Don't you notice that? That they use words like reproductive health or reproductive freedom or pregnancy tissue or clumps of cells that they can't ever actually say what an abortion is and does and they will obfuscate, they will distract, they will avoid any kind of real explicit conversation about what an abortion procedure is because even they know it's barbarism. That's one really good indication that you're on the wrong side if the truth hurts your case. If the truth of what you're defending hurts your case, if you cannot get into details about what you are defending, if you can't use non-euphemistic language to make your case, then you're on the wrong side. And that is why they rely on propaganda. That's why they rely on deceit. That's why they rely on misinformation. That's why they rely on euphemisms to make it palatable. That's why they have to say and why they have been saying overturning Roe v. Wade somehow inhibits miscarriage care, which as we have detailed on this podcast, looking at every pro-life bill in law that has come forward and has been passed in the past few months since the Dobbs decision. There is no law on the books that inhibits miscarriage care. There could be scared or paranoid or political doc, uh, doctors out there. There could be lying journalists. There could be manipulative political activists and politicians that are uh, saying that, that are actually trying to inhibit care in order to make a political point. But there is no pro-life law on the books that is prohibiting women from getting ectopic pregnancy care, 
or miscarriage care. The next time you hear someone say that, make them quote you the exact line from the exact law that is prohibiting miscarriage and ectopic care in a particular state. It's not happening. But that's what the pro-abortion side has to do. They have to lie. They have to use euphemisms and they have to turn around and say that you're the one that's lying so they can justify violence against you and violence against the pregnancy centers that are doing everything that pro-choicers say have to be done in order to be pro-life. They say, oh, women need resources. We need to help these vulnerable women. We need to help women make it easier to keep their babies before we can try to protect the legal right of an unborn child to live. First of all, even if there were no resources whatsoever for women, even if women were really out cold and out on the street and there were no pregnancy centers available giving free diapers or anything, it still wouldn't justify murdering a human being. If a baby outside of the womb has poor parents, does it justify the killing of a newborn? If not, why not? Again, that birth canal isn't magical. There's no fetus fairy that's sprinkling, you know, value and and worth and human rights dust on the baby when he or she is coming out of the womb. So poverty and destitution, while awful and while Christians should absolutely run into those things, Uh, They don't justify the killing of an unborn child. But the reality is, is that there are resources that pregnancy centers have been doing the very work that the pro-choice, pro-abortion, even the mushy middle side uh, say need to be done before they can truly believe that babies in the womb have human rights. And I I really hate when I hear that from especially those, you know who I'm talking about, those like professing Christian women, social justice in the middle, who they don't want to, they don't want to say that they're fully pro-life. They still want to vote Democrat. They want to just say, oh, it's nuanced, it's nuanced, it's nuanced. We got to, we got to help women outside of the womb. We got to holistically meet their needs. When's the last time you've worked at a pregnancy center? Now, if you have, praise God, then keep going, keep doing it. We disagree politically, but I am thankful for your work. But if you haven't, shut up. Stop talking. Get off your couch. Stop complaining on Instagram and go to your local pregnancy center and say, how can I help? Because I guarantee you the work that you say needs to be done for the vulnerable women in your community has been being done for longer than you have been alive. All right. And so the fact that these pregnancy centers are being demonized, they're being firebombed, they are being accused of, uh, of lying and deceiving when really they are presenting life and life to the full, not just in physical resources, so many physical resources. Uh, Many pregnancy centers uh, help these mothers and families out through 36 months after birth, sometimes even longer than that. Uh, But also spiritual resources, also counseling, also guidance, also the gospel. And that is really what Elizabeth Warren et al. hate. That's what they hate. They hate the gospel. They hate life. They hate truth. Of course, of course. They are, um, they are of this world. They love death. They love sin. They love wickedness. They can't help but lie because they follow the father of lies. So recognize the spiritual battle that is within the sandwich that we're talking about, but is also in the direct attack on pregnancy centers. And of course, our federal government is an agent of the darkness that I'm talking about. 
It's just how it is. It's not to say that the spiritual battle is clean cut right versus left, but that is to say that the left wing ideology that is powerful today is on the side of darkness. And it, of course, is going to lead to more darkness and death. That's just what it is. And as I said, that is going to inherit in that is going to be a lot of lying. And that reminds me of Stacey Abrams. She recently told a lie on stage about baby development that I just found stunning. And I want to respond to it, and I will in just a second. Let me tell you about our first sponsor for the day, and that is Covenant Eye. So we've been talking about the spiritual war that is going on, lies versus truth, good versus evil. And there is also a war for the mind and for the heart and uh, one of the tools that Satan uses to attack the hearts and the minds and the marriages and the wholeness of individuals is pornography. It's destroying marriages. It can ensnare children. It can drive people into shame and isolation. It's honestly a cancer in society. It's a cancer in the church and uh, it's it spreads. And like a poison, it can destroy everything it touches. It causes dehumanization, sexual abuse, exploitation of the innocent, human trafficking, the grooming of children. There's nothing, nothing good that comes out of pornography. And so we should be doing everything that we can especially um, as parents, but also just as individuals to guard ourselves and to guard our families against the effects of porn. And that is why Covenant Eyes exists. It is a software that you can download onto all of your family's devices to block pornography uh, on on all of your technology. And also it allows you to model integrity in your home for your children. And there are also different accountability tools that other people in or outside of your family can help make sure that what you are looking at online, on your phone, on your computer um, is edifying, is building you and your family up instead of bringing you down. So get Covenant Eyes accountability software for free. Uh, for 30 days by visiting coveyes.com slash Allie. That's C-O-V-I's.com slash Allie. C-O-V-I's.com slash Allie for a free 30-day trial. All right. So I want to show you this incredible clip of the real governor of Georgia, Stacey Abrams. There is no such thing as a heartbeat in six weeks. It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body away from her. Okay, Stacey Abrams, like, have you ever had an ultrasound? Have you ever had an ultrasound? I mean, anyone who has been pregnant or anyone who has been in the room during a sonogram, anyone with, I don't know, two brain cells to rub together, understand that that heartbeat is real. That's what indicates that you have a life inside of you. And if you don't have a life inside of you, then you're not pregnant. Uh, But people also understand that if there is no heartbeat, if the doctor, the sonographer goes in there six, seven, eight weeks, does not find a heartbeat, then that means that your baby, that you've had a miscarriage. You cannot have a miscarriage if you are never pregnant with a living human being. That is a heartbeat. That is the time the heartbeat starts. And I understand that the New York Times, again, euphemism, they use things like uh, electric pulses or cardiac activity. That is absolutely absurd. 
yes, sure, the heart isn't fully formed the way ours is, but that is also true, by the way, of an infant. Like an infant's body, both inside and out, is still developing. And when you're a toddler, you're more developed than you were when you were a newborn. When you are a teenager, you're more developed than you were when you were a toddler, and so on. Does that mean that the heartbeat of a newborn is not real until they're, I don't know, a a certain age, until the heart is a certain size? That doesn't even make any sense. But Stacey Abrams is a part of Blue and On. That's what we call it. You know, QAnon, that crazy conspiracy theory. Blue and On is much more mainstream and much more prevalent. And it is, the, it is an umbrella term for all of the crazy things that people on the left believe and take as fact and actually like become mainstream in the media and become narratives that actually affect policy, corporate policy, public policy, um, and of course, shape what people think about how the world works. One conspiracy is that a man can become a woman or like this crazy idea, at least that they have, that a man could become a woman. Another crazy conspiracy theory that they had was that Donald Trump wasn't really he didn't really legitimately uh, become president, that it was actually Vladimir Putin that allowed him to become president. Like you remember that, right? You remember that that apparently was not a threat to democracy, when Democrats were trying to weaponize the federal government against Donald Trump based on a baseless conspiracy theory that he was a Russian agent and that Russian collusion got him in the, into office, that like they were so far in denial that they couldn't even accept the fact that maybe Hillary Clinton wasn't the best candidate to put forward and it had to be Vladimir Putin that got Donald Trump elected. Like, you remember that? Also, part of Blue and On is... Um, the idea that (laughs) this was a crazy poll and I wish I had it. I wish I had it up right now, but I remember talking about it probably about a year ago. There was a poll of liberals and conservative uh, uh, conservatives asking them, um, how likely you think that it is to go to the hospital if you get COVID. Liberals thought it was 50%. It's like 1%, guys. There was also a question about, Um, Based on political ideology, how many unarmed black men do you think are killed every year by the police? Uh, Liberals thought that it was like 1,000 to 10,000. The answer is like 20. And so there's a lot of prominent blue and on. There's a lot of prominent blue and on narratives, one of them also being that Stacey Abrams lost the uh, gubernatorial race in Georgia a few years ago, that the election was stolen because of some kind of collusion and and strategy. And so I guess it shouldn't surprise me that she is completely delusional about abortion, that she thinks it's some grand misogynistic conspiracy theory between men and politicians to they all got together one day and they were like, ooh, let's pretend like there is cardiac activity. Let's pretend like there's a heartbeat. So women will keep their babies. Again, you can actually see the heartbeat on the screen when you are Getting a sonogram, I would love to know how the female sonographer that I've had both times like tricked me into thinking that that was a heartbeat. Like it's literally crazy. It's literally insane. And there are people in Georgia, moderates, independents, Christians in Georgia that will vote for Stacey Abrams. 
thinking that this is the compassionate choice. I also saw, we don't have the clip, I just saw it circulating the other day. She was at a church, looked like a traditionally black church, up there saying, of course, that you need to vote for her, and that she is running in the spirit of Deborah. And I just got to ask, is that Christian nationalism? Should we be so worried that she is invoking the name of a biblical character and saying that that is what she is running on? No, no, no. That's never Christian nationalism. It's never Christian nationalism when leftists quote the Bible. It's never Christian nationalism when leftists say that they're running in the spirit of some Bible character. It is never Christian nationalism, apparently, when leftists say, oh, well, we should accept everyone who wants to come in the United States because a verse in Exodus says that we must welcome the foreigners. It's never Christian nationalism when we say that, when leftists say that Jesus was a socialist because the early church shared. And by the way, all of these are used and misused and abused, decontextualized verses that do not lay a basis, as we've talked about many times, for the arguments and the policies that leftists put forth. That apparently is not Christian nationalism, but it is Christian nationalism when someone says, oh, I don't think it's right to kill an unborn child because God made us in his image and fearfully and wonderfully knit us together in our mother's womb. Oh, that's so scary. That's theocracy. That's fascism. That's extremism. That's Christian nationalism. But Stacey Abrams being on stage at a church saying, vote for me because I'm Deborah, that is well and good. As I've said many times before, and I understand this is controversial, um, and, and you can tell me if you think that I'm wrong, but I've seen enough video sermons and uh, watched enough to this uh, of this to think that my assessment is probably correct. The most political, overtly political churches in the United States are not the Trump-supporting churches. They're not the so-called white evangelical churches. It's the uh, traditionally black church. That will bring Democrat politicians up on stage every election cycle uh, and tell their congregants to vote for them and to and that talk explicitly about political policies, almost always Democrat political policies that must be supported in order to be a real, true, faithful Christian. And yet people on the left will freak out if someone on the right says something similar, that, hey, you can't be a faithful Christian and support abortion. Hey, you can't be a faithful Christian and believe in sex switching. Hey, you can't be a faithful Christian and support um, a lot of the policies on the Democrat side that are explicitly anti-biblical. No, again, that's Christian nationalism. But if the traditionally black church says the same thing, except on the Democrat side, no, that's good. That's liberation. That's just, uh, you know, that's just what you do. It's just interesting. It's just interesting. Speaking of using and abusing, misusing the Bible for disgusting purposes, for bad and deleterious policies, Gavin Newsom, governor of California, has put up abortion ads using Mark 12, 31. And I'll get into more details about that in just one second. But let me tell you about my next sponsor for the day. And that is Carly Jean Los Angeles. So I somehow managed to walk out of my closet today, not wearing any Carly Jean Los Angeles clothes. And that is that that has the probability of that happening 
must be really small considering that the vast majority of my closet is all Carly Jean Los Angeles. That's how much I love them. It's a family business. It was created for women to help simplify their lives through easy, beautiful, and comfortable clothes. She's a mom of four. She's a Christian. She's pro-life. She shares a lot of our values. And she just wanted to create a clothing company that not only makes awesome and quality pieces, but also is supported by the values that you and I have. So you can feel really good about sending your money to this company. Y'all are always asking me what clothing companies, what different kinds of brands to support so you can actually kind of live with integrity in that regard. And Carly Jean Los Angeles is one of those brands. It's a capsule clothing company and they just have a lot of really awesome, simple pieces that you can wear any time of year, any stage of motherhood, really any stage of your life. And they just make you feel good. I love their jeans. I love their jeans. This is a plug for their jeans. It's hard to find good jeans that are really comfortable, that are stretchy, that work, that are flattering. I love Carly Jean Los Angeles jeans so much. I just love this company. I would be talking about them even if they weren't an advertiser for the show. Go to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. Use promo code AllieB for 20% off. That's A-L-L-I-E-B for 20% off. Always free shipping over $100. CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. All right, so these billboards are going up, paid for by Gavin Newsom, funded by $100,000 from Newsom's re-election campaign, despite the campaign having not paid for a single ad on California TV. That's interesting. And we'll put up a picture of these uh, of these billboards. And he puts, so he puts Mark 12, 31, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these um and so he's put he puts up this uh he puts up this ad i guess it's going in to texas and it says uh texas doesn't own your body you do visit abortion.ca.gov to learn more and he's got a couple like that and then here's the one that has mark 12:31. need an abortion california is ready to help love your neighbor as yourself there is no greater commandment than these so how desperate do you have to be so i guess he's trying to get people to move back to california that moved away from california because of his awful policies and he thinks that the people that moved away from california for better policies in Indiana and tech. I mean, think about and look, I love Mississippi and I love South Dakota. I love Oklahoma. I love all these places. But think about how much you have to hate Gavin Newsom's policies to move from the beach to Mississippi. I'm just saying, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Mississippi. I'm just saying that there is a big difference between Malibu and Jackson, Mississippi. And so I'm thinking that the people who moved away from California that has really good weather to places like, I don't know, Houston, that has really muggy weather, really, really did not like the policies of Gavin Newsom, where the taxes are inordinately high. And for what, by the way, because crime has skyrocketed, homelessness is out of control. The climate policies there are ruining the state, helping cause these forest fires and these shutdowns of the electric grid. I understand why people still live there. And it's not just for the weather. You've got roots, you've got family, you've got community. Some people have really awesome churches uh, that they go to. That's where you've built your life. And maybe you feel called to stay there and to 
uh, fight for good things in your community. I have friends that live in California and have um, amazing lives. And so I understand why people are still there. But if you have moved for the sake of policy, do you think an abortion ad is what is going to get you back of all things? I think the only thing that would get get some people back to California is Gavin Newsom getting out of office, doing something about the crime and the poverty and the homelessness and the inordinate tax rates. But apparently Gavin Newsom thinks he is going to manipulate the Christians and the independents, conservatives who left his state by using Mark 321, or uh, sorry, not Mark 321, Mark 1231 to get people back into the state. Abortion is the opposite of love. It is the exact opposite of love. It might be self-love in the sense that it is self-interest, in the sense that it is doing what you think is best for you, even at the expense of your own child. And look, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not speaking as someone who does not have abundant grace and understanding and compassion for women who have had abortions. We have had women on this podcast who have had abortions who told their amazing testimonies of both shame and guilt and then forgiveness and redemption and how God has used those terrible moments in their lives for the good of other people and his own glory. And I'll just say, just as an aside, if you have had an abortion, there is all the grace and all the forgiveness and all the mercy in the world for you. And God can heal you. He will heal you. He will bring you into himself and he can use your story to help other people and to save lives. And so we can say that and know that and absolutely believe that because I do and also regard abortion and talk about abortion as what it is, which is a self-interested act that sacrifices the life and the well-being of a vulnerable and voiceless person, which is that baby inside the womb. So it is the opposite of Mark 12, 31. It is the opposite of loving your neighbor as yourself. Guess what? The unborn child is also your neighbor. The unborn child is also your neighbor. And so when I hear leftists use this verse to say, oh, we have to love our neighbor through our vote. Well, what about the unborn neighbor? Like she's alive just because you can't see her in the womb at all times doesn't mean that she doesn't count, doesn't mean that she doesn't matter to God. Um, and so I really take issue. I really take issue uh, with this first. And by the way, I also just don't think that left-wing policies and programs do help our neighbors anyway. I actually think that they're very damaging to the, the rights and the liberty and the protection and the prosperity of our neighbors. So I don't even buy any argument that left-wing programs or policies or voting in that direction is loving your neighbor. I see it as extremely uh, harmful, but especially for the unborn neighbor. I mean, in that case, we're literally talking about life and death. And so, of course, of course, they are misusing this verse in this way. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He is the father of lies. This is how he functions. And so just as Satan in, in the wilderness, when he is tempting Jesus, uses the word of God to try to tempt Jesus into sin, just as he uses the, tr the true words of God to tell a lie, so Gavin Newsom is using the true words of God that we should love our neighbor as ourselves to tell a lie, that abortion is loving. 
But that's what you do when you follow the father of lies. And since I've referenced that a couple of times, let me read it from John 8, 44. This is Jesus speaking. He says, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. He was a murderer from the beginning. Not really surprising that he loves abortion. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, Jesus says, you do not believe me. Very pertinent today. There are still um, millions and millions of people, even those who profess to be Christians, who follow, the, who follow the father of lies. And by the way, that was true of all of us too. So I don't say that as someone, um, none of us say that in some, as, as people who are innately superior. We are simply people who are saved by grace. Remember Ephesians 2, starting with verse 1, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So we were also once children of wrath. We were also susceptible to these lies of the devil. We were also susceptible to the misuse and abuse of scripture to justify something as unloving and as demonic as abortion. And so when we talk about this, when we talk about the manipulation, when we just say, oh my goodness, how could someone possibly believe this? How could someone possibly say this? We have to remember that we were once in that boat. We were once in that position and we are not where we are now through our own wisdom, through our own efforts, because we're so awesome and knowledgeable and logical and scientific. It's only by the grace of God. But God, in verse four, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses. So because of God's great love, even when we were dead in our trespasses, dead, a dead person, and this is just an aside, this doesn't even have to do with abortion. We're just talking about the gospel now, but we'll bring it all back. A dead person cannot earn God's favor. A dead person cannot work for their salvation. A dead person cannot earn someone's love or be deserving of someone's mercy or even make themselves clean before God to make themselves acceptable to him. But it says in verse four that God being rich in his mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Wow. From salvation, redemption, all of it, this all has to do with God. It's authored by God. It is for God. We are beneficiaries of it, but we are not uh, We are not the authors of it. We are not the point of it. God's glory is the point. His grace is the initiator. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. How clear does he have to be here? By grace, you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
That's the truth. You know that truth? God brings you into that truth by his grace through faith, and you start to be able to discern other lies, like the lie that Gavin Newsom is putting forth right now, that loving your neighbor means killing your neighbor in the womb. Um, and I pray, I do, I pray for Stacey Abrams. I pray for Gavin Newsom. I pray for all people, left or right, but especially those that are advancing these influential and very deadly lies in the name of God, that they would repent, that they would see their sin, that God would save them because God can do that. Like the, think of the most wicked person that you can think of. Think of the worst politician. Think of some of the most evil actors on this planet. God can save them. No one is too far outside of God's mercy. And if God calls someone, if God extends that irresistible grace to someone, that heart will turn around. It will soften and lives will change. And changed lives and minds and hearts can change society. I don't know if God is going to have that kind of mercy on our land. I hope that he does. But outside of that, I don't see a whole lot of hope for betterment of our world or our country. And so I hope and pray that even in these destructive lies that are being put forth, that God turns hearts to himself. And I just wish if just the church, if only Christians, if everyone else just believed lies, but at least all professing Christians believed the truth and stood for the truth, then things would change. Things would be better, but we can't even get there. We've got too many professing Christians, Gavin Newsom being one of them, Stacey Abrams being another one, who are simply advancing the most dangerous lies and the most deadly lies that we can think of. But just as we pray for our own sanctification, just as we pray for God to give us wisdom and uh, show us the truth and show us when we're wrong and show us when we believe deceit because we all have and still do, show us when we believe lies, um, that he would do the same for those who believe in the lie of abortion and that he would change the hearts even of the violent actors who are hurting these pregnancy centers, who are hurting these pro-lifers, even the people in the FBI, at the DOJ, even Joe Biden himself. I do. I genuinely pray for their repentance, and I believe that God can do it. But I also understand and thank God that there will be a day that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I won't have to make any podcasts anymore about the craziness of abortion and the evil in this world. And I won't have to keep reminding you about the sovereignty and the goodness of God because it will be everywhere. It will characterize everything. All right. Last sponsor for the day. And then I'll close this out in just a minute. And that is Good Ranchers. You know Good Ranchers. Maybe you love Good Ranchers. I love Good Ranchers. And I want you to love them too. They've got awesome meat that they deliver right to your front door on dry ice. You can set up a subscription. And so you get your combination of beef and chicken and seafood delivered right to you. You put it in the freezer. It's good to go. And then you have at least one part of your meal that is already picked out every night of the week. That's what we do. Love it. Last night, let's see, what did I make? I made ground beef. I just wanted something super simple. I think I did like a kind of like a taco bowl type thing. It was rice and it was ground beef and it was some avocado with some lime juice, maybe like tomatoes and onions and cilantro is typically what I put in there. It's very easy. 
I love making ground beef and I love the ground beef from Good Ranchers because it's super high quality, but also all of their meat is from American farms and ranchers. That means a lot to me. Go to goodranchers.com slash Allie and you will get $30 off your order when you do plus free express shipping. Go to goodranchers.com slash Allie. That's goodranchers.com slash Allie. All right, guys, it's all we have time for today. There are like five other stories that I am looking at on my document that I wanted to discuss. And I just, if I did, once again, just as I said yesterday, I would be here for like another hour and a half. Uh, There's never enough time in the day. You know, people always ask me, how do you have enough to talk about every day? Is there ever a day when you're like, oh, I don't have anything to talk about? I'm like, no, actually, no. If I st- if I had a four-hour show every day, Blaze TV, do not get any ideas. If I had a four-hour show every day, I would still not have enough time to talk. There's so much that goes on in the world. You guys send me stories all the time, all the time asking what I think about them, and I don't have time to get through all of them. Um, And so, yeah, there's always an abundance of things to talk about. And we have some other, we have some episodes coming up that are like evergreen episodes in the sense that they're not news, but they're subjects that you guys have been asking me about for a long time. You guys really love those when I do a deep dive on a subject, like the episodes that I've done in the past on IVF and surrogacy, definitely go listen to those. That is being talked about again right now when uh, we talked about that a long time ago. And that was something that you guys were really interested in. But also we've got some funny videos coming up. We actually, okay, I think I can say this. Um, you, What's the comedian's name that did the Biden interview? Yeah, Awaken with JP. So he just did this hilarious like fake interview with Biden. It was really good. And we were also filming and editing ours and it just like wasn't done yet. We were still getting it right. And then we saw that his came out and we were like, okay, I don't feel like we can put it out too because then it looks like we're just trying to do the same thing. And so unfortunately we did have one planned and then we are ending up not putting it up because of that. But we do have other funny videos um, coming out really soon. I know you guys love those. So just wanted to let you know that. Also, make sure that you check out our merch. We've got more merch coming down the pipeline. If you're watching on YouTube, we've got these awesome stickers. We've got another sticker coming out too, but also some other fun stuff that I know that you guys love. We will make sure to link that in the description of this episode on YouTube. And if you're listening, make sure you like this video, subscribe on YouTube, and leave us a five-star review wherever you listen, if you please. I will see you guys back here tomorrow.